This week on the Push Ballers podcast, we talk a little bit about mental health and we discuss our game changers or epiphanies in our careers for training and nutrition. Dan, do you know I'm online dating Katy Perry? Hey guys, welcome to the <laughs> podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, Bob? I'm good, mate. Tired. I saw you today, obviously. Sorry, well, apologies for everyone. This is obviously a couple of days late. Um, I was uh, I was hashtag celeb PTN again. So. I know, oh, right? so I got asked this on Instagram the other day. Someone was like, oh, so who's the mystery client in France? I was like, well, it wouldn't be a mystery if I could fucking tell you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, ridiculous. Some people are so stupid. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're out there listening. You're stupid. But um, no, it's funny because uh, I was chatting something the other day, actually, about, like, training high-profile people and stuff. And it's just funny because, like, my client's, like, not on social media. They not have, don't have a presence there at all. Like, these people just don't – they just don't go on it. Like, no. and it's usually because they like their privacy. Like, that's one of the main reasons that they don't go on there is because people would know where they are, what they're doing, and they don't want that happening. Um, so, like, yeah, to respect someone's privacy, you have to kind of go along with that, which is why, like, I literally don't really post at all when I'm away, because rather than potentially post something that's like, oh, can I do that, can I not? It's easy just to go, I won't post at all. So that's why usually when I'm away, you just see, like, written stuff on my stories and whatever and um, everything like that. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm tired. And from, touching from... on the subject, that is also why I don't really do any posts of my clients working out. Yeah, no, exactly. 100%. Like, again, like... Yeah we, did some, like, yeah, we did some like cool stuff, and you know it's it's great to be able to train in, like you say, a, a gym that's you know in someone's house and really well equipped or whatever. But it, again, it's like there's no there's no like you you can't do it. Like it's just yeah. and, and some I, of I them that just don't want to be. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is my this is my space. They get away from everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, so yeah, like to be fair, like Ben Bruno does it because I think you know he's in that culture now where kind of I suppose when he signs people up, he kind of says, look, this is what I do now, and he trains literally just celebs, um, and he's yeah. pretty good, pretty cool with it, but. Um, when you train like one or two of them, it's like, yeah, they want their privacy. That's kind of their time. But um, it, I always find it funny as well, these people who, who say they're like, yeah, train celebs or whatever. And then it's like they're never actually that busy. They're always on Instagram. Like I was, I'm not even joking. I was busy all day, pretty much every day. Like I only just managed to get all my client work done. Like in the evenings, I was getting back at 8 o'clock. But I was literally out all day and, and kind of when you're, again, when you're with people, these people, you can't just like whip your phone out and do an Instagram story. It's like it's just not done. Like you're always rushing around and – it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, obviously, I, I just don't talk about it much. And the reason for that is just because I'm extremely lucky to be in the position, position I'm in. Um, I don't want to jeopardize that. But not only that, it's no one else's business. Like, it's not my business. Like, it's not, um, it's not my place to be, to be posting about it. And like I said, I'm very, very lucky. Um, but there's no point in me posting on Instagram because it doesn't help my clientele. It doesn't help any of my demographics to know that I, I train someone like that. It doesn't make a difference like all right mate get on about it yeah it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i find it odd that people are so like obviously keen to know about it i know who it is so uh, <laughs> kate perry <laughs> exactly yeah. i'm actually training i am training kate perry imagine that. no 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 i've never seen her before but no, it's definitely, never kate perry. definitely definitely kate perry but you're gonna meet up with somebody that says they're, kate, they're not kate perry right and they've been yeah. you've been texting them the whole time and I'm gonna like, say, oh, then i'm gonna be like oh it's just punk where's kate come yeah on, kate, where's right. kate come on come on yeah I know you're there. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so stupid. If that is reference to catfish, that it, it was on today. It was oh, 
that is one of the best episodes. <laughs> I mean, and not until not until the end where the catch up video does he actually admit it, like that he's not even even though he's kind of. But he he also sends like after they've ended up like blah blah blah. Yeah, it's fine. And then, but he still goes back to America. He still fixes it, and then then he still fixes it and sends a couple of emails just to to who he thinks is Katie. (laughs) And then, and then he didn't he say he was like just checking. Yeah, he was just checking, just just making myself two hundred percent sure. And I was like, "You're deluded." Only America, (laughs) because he had to come to. They had to come to England for that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was funny. Um, <laughs> Lost a shit, mate. Pretty close to me. Yeah, uh, really strange. I always wondered whether they did any like English versions. So because they've they've done like they've met the people who do like the Brazilian version or all yeah. these other stuff. I'd, I'd like yours. to think that there won't be any. There won't be many English people stupid enough, but I think there will oh, be. hundred <laughs> percent, definitely. I'd love to do that show. It'd be amazing. I would, oh, yeah, let's campaign for it. Let me and you yeah. be the presenters. <laughs> me and you can be the new Max and Neve. So oh, come good. on, that would be amazing. That would be so good. I'd love to do that. Yeah, just that go. Be, oh, God, if you, if so you, <laughs> if you've got a weird online relationship, then send us a text. So get jump or, on, or slide into the. Or if you know anyone, if any of you listening know anyone at MTV, please. please <laughs> I'll do it for hardly any money. Yeah. Just, just to be doing it. I just want to be able to do that. <laughs> oh my God, it's such a cool job. All right, uh, we got some real topics, actual, actual topics that we men talk about today. Uh, one more light heart than the other because uh, Dan floated the idea, and it has been Mental Health Awareness Week. Or day. Hey, mental health day. I day. Think mental health day. That was this week. So we're a bit late to the fan. We probably would have been on time if Dan could bother to record a podcast. But then we, yeah, we've saved it a couple of days. And also, too busy. Too, too, busy. too busy. Hashtag celebrity training. All right. So I think I think we just got to give our like, little snippet on it. To be honest. I don't think we need to spend that much time on it because it has been all over the social media mm. and the media world, right? So, yeah. which is great, which I think is good. It gets people yeah. talking about it. Um, and I guess the whole highlight of what is mental health awareness, it seems, I feel like it's more, that awareness day is more driven towards guys uh, than mm. girls, just as a kind of talking about their feelings, that kind of thing. Because um, I, I quickly like went on, not that saying that every mental health, like the, obviously the, the worst case it leads to suicide, but I thought it was, it's quite damning. Right, this is a US uh, thing, so. Uh, American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. Their stats is that men die uh, from suicide or mental health conditions 3.5 times more often than ladies, which I think kind of it probably lays out well how it's needed to be talking about like problems, issues. So, mm. which is I think there's obviously guys. an expectation of men to be providing. I suppose it's you know something like that, or any, you know maybe something like that. But I think. I don't know. Is there also an element that again with ages and stuff we don't know, but also with families and kids and stuff? To, to you know, would, is a mother less likely to kill themselves than a than a father potentially? I, don't, I have no idea. Like I don't know the stats on that no either. Idea. Um, no idea. I, 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 again, I think fathers then have a feeling that they should should provide for for everyone rather than just someone else. It's a family and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I wanted to touch on it just because um, I think exercise obviously we know plays a huge factor in 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 mental well being and actually can help people. With you know depression things like that, it helps them kind of overcome that that aspect of it. But I kind of I, I don't want to I don't want to come across as um, as cold hearted or horrible or anything like that. But I just think there's an element to it as well where like yes you do. No, well, no, like <laughs> like no because I I've I've reached out to a couple of people recently and I've been going through like some obviously with the, the change of work and everything like that and like I've been working a, a bit more and things are a little bit more stressful. I'm working from home a little bit more and you know all this sort of stuff. But I think the other thing yeah. that's really important to remember is that it's it's 
it's okay to not be okay. Like, it's not, like, just because you're a little bit sad doesn't mean, you know, you've got a problem. Like, it's normal to be sad. And, like, I don't think you can really appreciate really happy times and great times unless you've you've had times where you're a little bit sad and things like that. And I don't, I just think it, we seem to live in a world where it's like that you should be happy all the time. And it's like, that's just not life. Like, it just doesn't happen. And this isn't going into aspects of like when things are really bad. Obviously, you're just talking about suicide. It doesn't correlate to that. So I'm not talking about that at all. No. I'm just talking everyday life. Like, yeah, like talk to people and, and, and you know, talk about your problems and, and they might come up with strategies to help you deal with it and stuff. But at the same time, like, I think it's important to recognize that we all get a bit stressed. We all get a bit sad. We all get a bit lonely. You know, we all have those feelings go on. And I think one of the huge things, obviously, with social media is it's just a freaking highlight reel, right? And I'd like to think, I'd like to think anyway that with doing this podcast, me and you, Tom, we often talk about stuff that's happened that's shit and we don't really hide away from the fact that things aren't always rosy. Um, you know, we don't sit here and pretend like we plan this podcast out to the T every week. We wing it every single time. Like, we, you know, we will happily say all this sort of stuff. We're not pretending we're something we're not. And it's the same, I think, with Mike as well and, and how I how I portray myself on Instagram and stuff is like, I, I don't show you just like good bits all the time. Like there are shit bits that happen. And like, sometimes when you go quiet, it's because you're busy. It's not because, you know, anything's wrong or something like that. And I just think that with the modern society and how it is, it's almost a little bit too easy to be a bit like, Oh, I'm a little bit sad. I wonder what's wrong with me. It's like, nothing's wrong with you. Like it's okay to be a bit sad. Like that happens. That's, that's life. Like sometimes work gets on top of you. Sometimes you're going to have to work late and you can't do everything you want to do all the time. You know, I just, I just think it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's worth, worth talking about because I think people who I know do suffer from mental health problems, like they are genuinely very, very ill. You know, they're, they're not just sad because their avocado wasn't ripe. Do you know? Like, yeah, I, I just think it's. I mean, yeah, with, with I get it being highlighted. It's just important to, I think, people make sure that people really do suffer with this, and it's not just them feeling sad. You know? Yeah, I think from I've slight inside track with Vicky being a health psychologist, um, mm. particularly within, she's an adolescent like uh, psychologist, right? So she's, she's been in sectioned hospitals and seen these people, dealt with Grenfell um, victims, mm. um, not victims, well, victims of their family being in it and stuff, Yeah. So with friends and been in rooms with this, this kind of thing. So real mental health cases. And that's what she does for a day-to-day task. Um, and I think she puts it when she sees people is very they're very quick to diagnose and give a disorder when possibly you might not need one you just got traits of something or traits of yeah. certain like disorders and then you probably don't need it to, to be like diagnosed and obviously not yeah. medicated she's kind of against a lot of that so she doesn't she doesn't agree with a heavily like depressant antidepressants and stuff like that so which i mean some people i think it's a good job living you, to be fair, mate, isn't it? I know, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think what is kind of important, she 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 actually sees a therapist, which is, I think, mm-hmm. full disclosure, she told people that. But I'm not, I'm not surprised by you could use the same joke again. Um, but... No, no, I meant it's a job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot like um, she was uh, basically saying, just like when myself and Dan have had coaches and stuff like that, she wants to see a therapist because she needs to give the best therapy she can so she sees somebody therefore if i want to give the best coaching i'm going to learn off a coach that kind of thing so yeah that I kind of thing just, but, i just think it's one of those things that people are genuinely going through really bad shit and i think we all have to sometimes take take stock of what we have got and what we you know what we what we find sad for example is something that someone would would take joy from do you know like yeah. 
I come back to it again, and it's hard for people to relate because it's the third world and stuff, and it's you know it's Africa and stuff. But like, the, you know, the, those people have got a reason to be, you know, have mental health problems and stuff. And like, again, you're not living in a war zone, right? Or you're not, you know, a soldier going into battle. And I think I just think that we we live quite sheltered lives, you know. And I think that we just need to be very aware of how lucky we are, very aware of how lucky we are to be able to earn the amount of money we might be able to earn to be able to go to a gym. Like, and if your sole problem is because you're not overly happy with how you look in a mirror, like, fucking throw the mirror away for one. And two, like, just think about how lucky you are to have that as your main issue. Um, I'm not saying, like, don't, I'm not saying, like, play it down. And I'm not saying it's not important. And I'm not saying it might affect your mental health. But I just think if we all just had a better perspective on how lucky we all are, pretty much. Anyone listening to this podcast, you're lucky because you've got a device to listen to this podcast on. So it applies to you. Like, literally, you are lucky. Like, you've got the internet you've got a computer or a phone and you've got headphones. Uh, unless you're playing this on speakerphone on the tube, which would be really, really um, be great. That's a great way to spread the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I, I just think, and this is going to sound really, really sad. Um, but for me, since Isabel has been born, I, I just think it's really important that you just, I was so grateful for every thing you have. So whenever I like, I, I was, again, I was in, I was in Paris and like, whether they're homeless or not, I, you know, who knows, but, there's a dad there with, with two homeless kids sleeping on a mattress in the middle of the street, you know, and it's like, <laughs> be fucking grateful for what you've got. And, you know, like before we go around banding around saying you're sad because yeah, something's happened or whatever, just like I said, just be grateful and just think about how lucky we all are. And I think if we did that more often, I think people would have less issue with their mental health potentially if they really understood that, you know, it, it's not all bad, um, I suppose is, is what I'm trying to say. Very well put, mate. Let's move on to a cheery mm. subject. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to a cheery yeah, subject. Black Bear, Burger. Black Bear Burger today, Tom. So Tom was like, yeah, let's get Black Bear Burger because, you know, you said it was the best burger in London. Uh, it was good. Um, you gave it. To be honest, I, I did I say when, I when, when like, I was sitting down to eat it, we did have a particularly greasy mm, like, couple you of burgers. I, it wasn't the best one I've had. Oh, I, st- I still... Would if I had my time again, I go back to Bleaker. You go back to Bleaker. Yeah. I think. Um, also because the bun was quite like big, it was quite high. It's hard to get your mouth around. Whereas Bleaker's a brioche <laughs> bun, so it's easier to kind of squash down a little bit. Um, just yeah, just personal yeah. preference really. That, but it was good. To be fair, it was good. I'm not going to sit and complain about having a burger. It was a good <laughs> burger. Um, I'm not going to like I say, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a burger. It's 8.5 out of 10. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, it was um, it was good. I love how we segued from what we just talked about to me complaining about a burger I had. <laughs> Absolutely hypocritical thing. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. I'm so it. Um, if I had my time again, I'd choose Bleaker. Over. You probably will. I'm have so lucky again. to have that, and I'm so lucky <laughs> to have that. You are incredibly lucky to have that time. I'll never but... forget that. Ever. <laughs> but you, you also had some. I, I enjoyed the uh, the sauce that came with uh, Dan's chips, which I, t- I was like, "What the hell is that?" And then read the menu, and it literally just said dipping sauce. It's dipping sauce. D- didn't didn't say what the dipping sauce was, what flavour it was, whatever. It was a slightly yellowish mayonnaise colour, but it didn't even want to tell. Didn't want to tell us, so which is good. It also, had, you had some. What was it? Some some sort of powdery. Steak rub, it was called. Steak was rub, like, that was it. Yeah, 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 just yeah. like barbecue. They just, it. just like rubbing steaks all over your chips. Absolutely yeah. disgusting, mate. Absolutely vile. But yeah, good. But it's it's also the most delivered burger in London. Is it? Mm. That's how I got like to know about it because I've got a friend that works for Deliveroo. No, not not one of the guys that cycles around. 
but they could be listening to the show, to be honest. So if you are doing that, um, that'd be but, great yeah. to listen to the show. You know, while you're doing that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's, he does the applications for stuff like that. But he was, a, yeah, it's the most delivered burger in London. So get on it. So it's pretty good. It's all right. General, it's the most popular burger, surely. Then of those little chains, apart from McDonald's, um, which is still staggering that you can get a McDonald's burger for like three quid. Uh, sorry, I just burped. So I'm on Coke Coke Zeros at the moment, mate. Oh, we didn't find cinnamon, did we? No, we didn't find a cinnamon. We were going to do that live, but we. Uh, I also did end up. I, wrap, I got up. I got off the tube early to make a point to walk to Tesco, and they didn't have it. No, so, I think it's only in the big, really big supermarkets, and I and I think it'll be yeah the bits sort of the big things like that it'll be in rather than like small little shops. Yeah, so it's just slightly annoying. I, we'll, we'll endeavour to try and find it, but it is a festive edition. We'll it's going to be the uh, cinnamon version of the Coca Cola. But all right, we're going to move on to what I'm I just going to throw out there. Basically... I think it's going to be amazing. Just going to throw out there. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a little bit too sweet and a little bit odd mm. even though i'm a big fan of cinnamon but putting it in coke i'm not because maybe i'm i'm not a massive fan of like the lemony one like the lemon lime one or like any, uh, any kind of added flavors into it oh i don't like i don't know i just think it, I, I there's something about it i just think it's gonna i think it's gonna have to be cold i don't think you'll be able to have it like lukewarm do you know what i mean <laughs> Like, no, but you know how. Like, it's Dan, like, boiling his, like. No, but you know how. Coke. Like, like any oh, I do love a hot. I love a hot Coke, mate. No, I absolutely soft, love a hot Coke. Shut up. <laughs> when they're at room temperature, I just don't like them. There's not many that I like. But I think this one will be horrible when it's lukewarm. But if it's really cold, it'll be good. Okay. Um, so that was my, that's my thinking with it. Whereas something like Fanta Zero, it's all right at room temperature. It's fine. It's not a problem. Whereas I think this one has to be really cold. Um, but I think it'll work. But it's, it's, it's definitely a gamble, isn't it? Definitely. It's a gamble. Not many cinnamon drinks out there. <laughs> no. I think with good reason as well. Well, there could uh, be a good reason. But... <laughs> There's like cinnamony coffees, right? Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But that... but I, I just think they're going to... I think this is either going to... This is going to be like Marmite. This is going to be some people being like... It's the best drink ever, and some people are like it's the worst thing ever. Don't put it in your mouth, and it's going to be that real fifty-fifty split. And Coca-Cola gonna... are smart; they're going to make fucking loads of money off it. I guarantee it. That's why they've done it. Of course they are. So absolutely fine. It's not going to be like Vegemite where everybody fucking hates it. So it's fine. Well, Vegemite is shite and should never be <laughs> should never be imported into this country because we have Marmite, which is a million it's times better. So much better. All right. Um. So apparently, it's twelve years. Um. To today, I think that Brett Contreras started doing stuff or posting around and creating the hip thruster and the hip thrusts, which I straight away was like, oh, cool. That, is, that was like, that was probably the last, Dan said, probably the last big thing that came into the personal training SNC world that really broke in that you need to train your glutes like hell um, mm. to get really powerful. Um, so I thought it would be interesting in our careers as trainers and I use the, I'm air quoting true nutritionists. Um, that's not me. Um, so what have been our game changes or our epiphanies or kind of toilet seat moments? Yeah, I think, um, well, like I said, I think Brett Contreras' one was, it was obviously one of the, definitely in recent years, been one of the biggest training advances, 100%, hasn't it? Like, I think everyone yeah. fucking knows about that now. Um, and in terms of nutrition, I think for me was the, well, at the time, I think when I was still a student, was like flexible dieting was like 
I think obviously it's gone, you know, ridiculously too far the other way. But it was just <laughs> there seems to be an, a bit more of an understanding now in the general public around calories, and I say general public, that's incorrect. The fitness industry about calories and how they're they're fairly important, um, fairly important. They're very important, um, and and that whole kind of thing. And, and you're always going to get the fads, you know, the ketos, the fasting, all this sort of stuff. And that's just is the way it's going to be for for a long time. I think they're going to kind of come round and round. Um, but certainly seems to be that the evidence-based or somewhat evidence-based movement is good. I think where it's lacking is people can't talk to people very well about understanding it on a very simple basis. They're still talking science talk and whatever. But um, I think in recent years in nutrition, it has been the development of, of that kind of culture, um, which, has been, which has been pretty good. Yeah, I think, yeah, in my perspective, I think the evidence-based calories are king culture is probably the epiphany that i don't know i i mean speaking yeah as a trainer it probably only really hit home for me i would say post like around like post uni that kind of thing where i was just like yeah it's probably the most thing considering because I'm, I'm i'm thinking back to when was the last time i was doing something which i would be like well it's no point in that absolutely ridiculous yeah and yeah. i if i was coming down in weight probably going through my master's degree i was coming down in weight and i was taking like little fat burners and i was doing intermittent fasting and not thinking that it is i didn't obviously obviously i i didn't really know that it was the calories i thought it was the other things so yeah but even though on my fast my fasting days basically i did a five two i would count the calories Mm. <laughs> so, but I think it's because I, was, I think I, I I think that's probably because you think there's some sort of magic number that you need to be on for it to be a fasting day, you know. Mm. So it's like you know, otherwise any more than that, it's not fasting. I was anymore, I that? needed to be like basically I watched the Michael Mosley like Horizon and mm. then which is also I watched an interesting one on placebos last week. If anybody saw that, that. was really good. Yeah, it was, that was good. really good. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it was really interesting because that is literally the supplement industry, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was was it like something like forty six percent. It was basically they did a back pain thing, right? Incredible, yeah. So well, people that have had chronic back pain, they've tried back every pain, pain for everything, blah blah yeah. blah. They probably haven't followed through with their physical therapy, but it's all right. So they gave them. It was there was all this stuff. So apparently, two pills twice a day is more believable than one pill once a day. Yeah. So they were like, "You've got to take this." And they did it for twelve. The color on it as the well. Color. It was color. It had to be blue. Blue, blue, blue and blue and white rather yeah. than plain white. white. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like it was. Um, I read a, I've read a, uh, there's a book called Bad Science by Ben Goldacre, which is good. You should, you, anyone who's interested in science should, should read it. Uh, and it goes into a bit more depth about the placebo research. And I had a lecture on the ice and diploma about it actually as well. And the levels of the believability of the placebo are, 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 are ridiculous. Yeah. Basically, they said like, yeah, two pills, two times a day is more believable than one pill. Um, an injection is more believable than a pill. Um, and then they said, like, you know, if you connect right brain weight, if you connected EMG and shit like this to people, they go fucking crazy for it, and they're like, oh my god, this shit works, you know, like radiation yeah. therapy or something, even if it wasn't. Um, well, and they, they did one, didn't they? There they was did that one doctor. The yeah. there was the, they did the laser thing. They did that experiment, yeah. but they also went and talked to that doctor who was a surgeon. Who they were doing some. Tended to take stuff out of them. Yeah. He pretended he was doing some like clavicle surgery or something like that. So yeah, chromium, yeah. chromium clavicular surgery somewhere around there. But it was he was like it's a bone. It's meant to be some sort of bone spur, but it was they were he was convinced it didn't really matter if you took this bit out or not. And yeah. then so he did a load of surgery. So surgeries and say he left it in, and mm. then. And then very unethical. <laughs> incredibly unethical and right. then he did a load of surgeries that he took it out and then it was reported back that it was 
it was crazy the amount of people who had had whatever bone spur he'd left in was feeling fine. They were like, yeah, it's amazing. Shoulders but, better. The, the, like, the great thing I find about the placebo effect uh, with those people was that they got told that they'd still had it in. So after yeah. after years of, of having no pain, they were told you never actually had anything taken out of you, and the, and the pain still wasn't there. See, see, this is this is the, the so after this research was done, right? So all of this, this is what I posed to Vicky because obviously placebo is psychology. So I was like, okay, so there there must be various degrees of this. This is a study that I would like to be done. Anybody that's researcher out there, okay? So so yeah, because they do, listen to this. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so what could happen? So you you have the placebo effect. So you've got people taking a pill, blah, 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 and people not taking a pill for some sort of problem. So once the problem goes away for the people not take, who uh, get, get the placebo, okay, and then it goes away, and then they get told that they had a placebo, mm-hmm. how long, if at all, does it take for that chronic injury or kind of symptom to come back into their life, or does it not come back at all? After yeah, being told... After being told that they ha- were having a placebo. I think it would. I mean, obviously, with these because, people, it, it was years, wasn't it? With these people, yeah. it was years, and they got told. But then they got told in the group in the the trial that they did on the show. They got told immediately after they yeah. said, "Look, this is placebo," and they and they then got told, "We want you to carry on taking the pills." And we never found out. Like, I don't know if it's online. because so, so it's because but... obviously there's 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 obviously like different issues, right? So um, Vic pointed out it was like, all right, well, it could be. Something like non-alcoholic beer can be a placebo for somebody thinking they're having beer. If you didn't tell them, they probably think they're drunk. So they'd probably like, be like, oh, a little bit tipsy whilst they're having a few. And then you could tell mm. them, that's placebo, that's non-alcoholic. Probably within five seconds, they'd be like, oh, actually, I'm not that drunk, am I? No, you probably wouldn't be. Yeah, but isn't that because that's more of a confident, that's confidence, isn't yeah, it? I think, with, I, think with the, I think with the pain research, they, li- they literally put EMG things on people. And they found that they could, they literally... But I imagine it would still pain. be some stuff in the brain where they've still become... I think, what, with confidence? I don't, I don't, I don't uh, maybe, because I think people might play up to confidence, but whether, it's not like you're going, oh, it really hurts, but it doesn't really hurt, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, no, there's EMG activation to show your pain receptors are lower. Like it literally, it, you know, your body is, is an amazing machine. And I think we know that, we know that... You're saying your pain got... receptors are not lower when you're drunk, mate. But I think with the the effect that the adrenaline has on your rate of perceived pain and stuff like that, I think I don't know if it's if it's an element of of hormones involved in it, whether it's a case of anything like that comes into play. But it's 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 fascinating, and I think that's where a lot of um, this is where a lot of people like in the diet industry make make their money, right? It's like oh, you go low carb. I went low carb. I lost all the weight. It's it's the carbs. It's not carbs. <laughs> Nothing to do with carbs, it's calories. But because they've been there and it's like that positive reinforcement all the time, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it must be the carbs. And they don't want to then change, and it's really hard for them to change. Um, supplement industry is exactly the same. Like you said, if you take fat burners and you get in, this, in the in well, a condition of your life, fat, you're going to carry on taking them. It's good. Um, it's great. And it is so, so powerful. Like, it is frightening. Really, great. really frightening. I thought it was great. It was a good show. Go back and watch it. Yeah, if anyone's not watched that, if anyone who is interested in science and <laughs> likes the whole... No, but in all honesty, though, likes the whole... Um, the whole the human brain element because again i think as trainers it's really important to understand the effect of placebo so for example if you have someone who has a really hard time feeding their glutes or something like that 
and then you say, right, we can do this exercise now, and it's incredible for feeling glutes. It's like it's the number one exercise. And then they might go, oh, yeah, you know what? I can feel them a little bit, whatever. And it's like, well, you know it's not the number one exercise, <laughs> but you know you've just told them it is, and they probably, you know, they might have that level of, of um, realisation that Actually, I can feel my glutes or whatever it is. And you can use the placebo effect to your advantage. Um, and there's, then, there's, for instances of, like, not telling my client the weight on the bar. It's it, something yeah, that's, that's a huge one. Because <laughs> as soon as... I know there is one client which will immediately, if I if we say I've, you've not done this before, she would like she'll talk herself out of it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then be like, oh well, I can't lift it. And if I've not done it before, I can't lift it. No, no, no. This is we've been building up to this. It's fine. I've lied to my yeah. clients before. What's on the bar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, be like, yeah, they say, oh, what's yeah, on here? Fine. And I'm like, oh, just eighty-five. You've done it before. 85. And it's like ninety-two and a half. Like, <laughs> yeah, we just got PB. And they're like, what? I've done that before. And I'm like, oh no, there's ninety-two and a half on there. And you know, from looking at their form at 85, they can lift it. You know there's yeah, no yeah. problem. You know they're not going to hurt themselves. Um, yeah, yes. obviously be careful ethically. <laughs> Fine, we've gone um, totally off the boil. But yeah, game-changing within the training and nutrition injury, Dan. But placebos uh, <laughs> could be there. But yeah, the, the hip thrust has been there. The nutrition, I think it was, yeah, evidence-based calories in, calories out, big. And then, yeah, I don't know, protein goals as a max. But I think, I think also, also that the... the the realization that adherence is very, very important. I think, yeah. I think Martin McDonald talked about it a lot. He talks about it a lot and he kind of says when he was studying, it wasn't even a question of adherence. It was just, this is what you should, this is what everyone should be doing. This is the right and wrong. And now it's like, no, do what you can stick to. Like that's the best diet. And it wasn't even considered years ago. And now it seems to be like, that's the number one thing that people are starting to, I say most people, they're not, some people are idiots, but <laughs> a lot of people are starting to realize it's the most important thing. Mm. So within within training, I think I've just listed one, two, three, three things that I think over my like training career ish um, have been kind of game chambers in certain like techniques or or exercises that I start to use a lot more or try to start, think they're absolutely gold. Um, this is not the back pain stuff. So it was personally low bar squatting was a mm. game changer for me. Um, just mechanically but well, screws up my hip but How, how's your hip tom <laughs> absolutely fantastic i squatted this week um oh well done mate i saw yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a medicine ball oh no I, I, the day after that was that was irradiating mate people got annoyed with me because i didn't actually uh, i i kind of got bored because all the answers a lot of the answers were just i like balls um and then mm. <laughs> and then i didn't i mean you did set yourself up for it tom to be to be fair mate. yeah i know and I, one of the traders at the, uh, the gym kind of generally came up to me was like you didn't you didn't post the answer what was the answer <laughs> like did you did actually i was like i'll just tell you here and now i'm not gonna bother posting it it's fine let's let's go for it that'd be fine yeah it was <laughs> irradiating into the ball so i was squeezing the ball as hard as possible so if you've got somebody who stick who's stuck in massive extension kind of the instagram bum um and you get them to kind of hug a ball guess what they're probably going to be setting into a thoracic neutral and then their hips are going to release a little bit better they might be able to squat better Woo! that was basically what i was doing so i could get my hip without any pain so everything up top was as tight as possible so everything lower half was loose good right it worked um and then i went and squatted with a barbell i only put like 40 kilos in there but i was doing real slow That'd trying to make it feel good and it felt fine so it's good I'll be doing that for about three or four weeks just to see what happens. Um, yeah, yeah, low bar squatting was a game changer. I didn't do it until about 12 weeks up to my first powerlifting competition, which was big. Um, <laughs> Clarky just made me switch, and I was like, yeah, that's probably wise. Uh, added on about 20 kilos onto my squat. Mm, yeah, that worked, didn't it? Because I'd been following Brett Contreras, and the glutes were not my issue basically if i could use them any way i could that was probably what i want to do um with training clients and particularly training female clients 
these are two things or and with rehab a little bit uh, but i say that's more isometric stuff but is eccentric push-ups and eccentric pull-ups were a big thing when uh, i kind of started putting them together um eccentric push-ups are probably near enough in nearly all of my clients uh warm-ups just to start to preload anything but even if they're doing like full body or like push pull day or whatever yeah i make them do eccentric push-ups or eccentric half push-ups so the eccentric slow on the way down so full and then they drop to their knee to push themselves up if they don't want to tax them too much um it's pretty cool i love them i think they're great I think eccentric work and then that'd be isometric work was also for injuries um i thought it was massive that was a big epiphany for me um realizing that tons of isometric work is awesome for injuries mm. um eccentric work just kind of gets drawn into like uh bodybuilders and it's just yeah it's so good for gaining strength it's unreal so don't know why it's not used more it's just control to be honest mm. but i think the yeah. other thing as well recently has been the thing that helps helped me i think a lot of my clients um, over the last couple of years is the realisation that you don't have to do stupid amounts of volume to, to kind of gain any muscle or strength I think that's been uh, for a lot of people I think you know who were put off previously by having to do you know 18 exercises in a day and stuff like that 18? yeah whatever you know I was, I was exaggerating Tom. <laughs> I was um, like I do about three. <laughs> yeah well no that's what but you, th- you know you only have to look at some of the old programmes that you've seen before and it is li- uh, on back, it's, on back too, day that's too much volume is, in your shoulders mate they can't take that yeah, yeah. on back day you'd have had nine exercises you'd have had three different rows three different pull downs um, you know and then three biceps or whatever and it's kind of like well I think nowadays you know people are starting to realise actually the, the level of volume you actually need is a lot lower than most people think and that's again because of the scientific research that's kind of been done now and kind of helps inform people's practice a little bit and i think it also helps it's helped me when i trained clients especially to kind of go right full body three times a week like that's it we don't have to do anything magic here um you know i think the previously you know it, it was a case of back day chest day you know and i think that that's only recent i know people would joke about it and we know they, they make funny videos about it and but stuff. It is, but it, yeah, it's, it's only like the it last five years, right? That it's come out like it's a lot of people still train that way, and old school people would still train that way of one body part a day. And um, yeah, like I said, I think with most people, I actually do the opposite. I go full body, and then from there graduate to upper lower, then go push pull legs, and then after that, you might go right if you're training six days a week. You know, again, even for that, you're going to do a element of push or pull or legs. It's not going to be just shoulder shoulders today or anything yeah. like that, you know. Or you, I think sometimes I've split up like you might do chest and arms or back and shoulders and things like that. But again, it's not just one on its on its own. It's usually one and another because um, you know you can get the volume in. Yeah, I think that's big big epiphany moment for Dan in his bodybuilding work. Um, and then more with another client thing is thoracic extension. Mm. Trying the old uh, I don't know I don't know what it's called. I just do it a lot with the old shoulders and then and driving that uh, chest to the floor, that kind of thing. So yeah, driving into thoracic extension. It's really good, really good that I demonstrated it to Dan on an audio podcast. But um, Thanks, mate, yeah, because I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Dr. John Ruschen does a, a pretty good one of it. He, go look at him. Um, but yeah, any anything like game-changing equipment for you? What was stuff that you didn't use as like a, when you were training yourself, but then suddenly like you thought it was the greatest thing ever and started using it a lot more. 
I think I, I, you know, when my days in football, especially, I'd have just said, "Oh, machines are shit. They're useless. Blah blah blah. They're, you know, waste of time. You don't can't use them. They're not good for anything." And I think now, if anything, I would go more machines um, over over most things because I think for a lot of people, they can fix a lot of imbalances or weaknesses in certain in certain muscle groups, but also a lot safer for a lot of people and stuff like that. So I think for me personally, I, I've definitely changed my philosophy on that. Obviously, I have a nice sort of split and. Um, and again, if I had a one-to-one PT client, they'd probably be using them a little bit less than, than I do currently, you know, that kind of thing. But I think from a personal point of view, um, definitely that's been that's been one. Um, but I think with clients, um, and I think the way that gyms have gone, I know we, we, we joke about the functional stuff and things like that, but I think in gyms up and down the country, I think from a space point of view, things like battle ropes and sleds and stuff like that are just brilliant. I think it attacks the body in a way that's never been done before. I think clients hate them but love them because it looks a little bit cool and that sort of stuff. It's not just like doing sprints on a treadmill, you know, like you can do some metcon work. Um, And I never used to use them a huge amount when I was PTing. I think if I went back now, I'd probably use them a little bit more. But even med balls, I think, are like... It sounds like they're old school, but I think that someone like Eric Cressy has really kind of brought it back into like the athletic arena and kind of gone, right, actually, this is quite useful for power development and things like that. And I think, I know you do it with a few of your clients. Um, I think that element of athleticism is, is something that I think is good to see. Yeah. Um, people people being explosive and how that carries over to strength and wellness and all that sort of stuff. Oh, fucking a wellness. Who am I? What the fuck's up with me? <laughs> um, but just in general, like, again, I, th- I think it's one of those where... I, I, I think it's look at thinking about it now. I think it is an epiphany, but I I never once thought it was because it never something that ever we ever did. But it's I would train my clients now. I would train my clients always have done very differently to how I train myself. I wouldn't be bothered about using med balls and stuff, but I would understand that actually for clients they may they would be beneficial and the carryover for that is is huge. And I think that's another epiphany. I think is a lot of people are starting to hopefully realise that they need to train their clients very differently to how they train themselves. So. Um, I'd like to see that because again I don't give a fuck about in box jumps and how springy I am and shit like that but clients like some of them it's useful some of them it's going to carry over to a squat some of them it's going to help them become you know better all round movers people well I don't know about that um, <laughs> I some think, people can't be safe yeah from a training perspective I think the trap bar is probably one of the biggest things yeah. that when I was coming in obviously doing S&C we were kind of we <laughs> now we would it would get butchered I'm sure and the degree would be like trap bar deadlifts yeah trap bar jumps all this kind of stuff but when I did mine we didn't get taught it at all mm-hmm. it was just strip like flat bar normal Olympic deadlifting and like realising that mm, people don't need to do that at all mm. um, if not and then also the and most trap bars now have a raised bar as well so they don't yeah. even have to get into like a crazy position if they can't get into any kind of like well, if they start lumbar flexing, then we can be like, all right, we're going to raise you up. Then we're going to put Olympic boxes on there. So I think trap bars have been big um, and all kinds of neutral stuff. So realizing that you don't have to go pronated at all. Mm. You don't have to screw up your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. And the, 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 it's still, I mean, I think it's less now, but there's still this amount of people that will say, oh, no, I can't bench press. I think that happened to me twice last week that people can't bench press. Um, yeah. I was like, ah, have you trained train much in a neutral grip? Train much with, can you bench press dumbbells? Yeah, all right, well. Probably, you can bench press that. <laughs> you can probably bench press, it's fine. It doesn't yeah. have to be with a barbell. Like, are you a powerlifter? No, all right, so you can probably bench press with dumbbells. It's okay. Um, yeah, very strange, but the neutral grip, kind of the offset neutral scapular grip, that kind of thing, big, big stuff. 
Right, I think that's enough epiphanies. Mm. I think there, was, there were game changers in our training philosophies, putting all that crap in, basically. Um, Dan still believes in fat burners. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> we got Stupid Things on the Internet was an interesting thing about vegans. That I, I, it was from QI that I posted in the group, right? Um, yeah, and... fuck you, vegans. <laughs> uh, you're all high and mighty. All high and mighty. All high and mighty. All high and mighty. And look at it. Look at you. So Unbelievable. What was, the, what was the list? Should we get that up? Um, yeah, so basically there was a list of foods on QI and they sort of said which of these foods aren't uh, are vegan. And uh, whoever it was, what's his name? Um, he used to, he used, uh, did the crime thing. What's his name? What's his name, Tom? The guy on QI. <laughs> Alan guy, Davies? Alan Davies. The crime thing. Was, Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. I know him as Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Um, if you're under the age of 25, you probably won't get that reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he sort of said, oh, well, all of them are vegan. And actually, none of them were vegan. And they were avocados, almonds, kiwis. Uh, broccoli, kiwis. Oh, God, what, else, what else was there? Um, I, think that was mainly, I think that was mainly it. But it was quite a few things that um, a lot of vegan Butternut squash, eat. it looks like. Butternut squash. And, um, and it was hilarious because basically to grow those on an industrial scale nowadays farmers have to um not have to take bees and they have to take them from their natural habitat and they have to then farm them they have to then keep them and to pollinate those fruits and those vegetables avocados yeah. fruit by the way that's why i said fruit um <laughs> and they have to they have to you know do that and i think avocados are fruit i'm pretty sure I'm i don't know well you, you're covered with fruits and veg because i said kiwi oh that's true yeah. <laughs> I'm sure avocado, is avocado fruit or vegetable it's, either way, it's not vegan, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so yeah, and basically, it, it, no, that's wrong. Uh, isn't it? I was going to talk about something about the pip, but that's that's bullshit. Seeds, is it? Something like that? But seeds. then there's quite a few things, isn't there? Yeah, it's about a tomato that makes it a fruit. Is it the seeds? Maybe it is the seeds. Is it about it's seeds inside and seeds in? No, it can't be. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and yeah, basically the. Um, yeah, they have to they have to take bees from their natural habitat and they have to unnaturally move them. So they are actually affecting a living animals or living insects natural habitat to the point where they probably are getting stressed and worried about moving. So vegans think they're all high and mighty, but if you're a real vegan, you wouldn't eat those foods. Yeah. So there you go. So avocado on toast no longer vegan so even more reason to love QI that they might be the death of the avocado I, I literally can't wait to meet a vegan or something. and I'll be vegan. like you can't eat that I can't wait to, and they go oh I'm vegan I'll be like oh brilliant did you, did you have avocados yeah yeah dude do you know they're not vegan brilliant yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, be, no, what would be even worse if they go yeah I know they're not I don't eat them brilliant well, right. well good for you well done yeah. you're a well, smart one you're a vegan because <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that because a lot of vegans don't eat honey because obviously for that reason. Because of the bees, yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah, like... They will eat avocados, right? So I think oh, it's yeah. quite, well, quite. You can't, you can't not. You, you can't be a vegan and not eat avocados. <laughs> it's just, it's not a thing, mate. That's just madness. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I don't know many personally, so I would. I'm, I don't. Uh, we've got a couple of listeners to the show. Though, yeah, we so do have a couple of listeners to the show that are probably like absolutely hating us right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. sure that we'll get lynched probably but you know never mind if they still listen to this point um but all right i doubt i doubt it but yeah i just thought it was hilarious i just think i, I fucking love qi like <laughs> um, but i'm sure they'll come up with a counter argument about how it doesn't matter because 
for whatever reason because they want to be avocados basically yeah um but yeah it's just it's just funny all right on that note um we will be back next week dan's we're gonna record on monday aren't we yeah we are good Mm. um all right um and i guess yeah i haven't got anything any news your end mate no, mate, no, 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 no. no. Other than I'm away news. again next week, aren't I? You know, oh, Geneva, I will, Geneva I will, this time. I will be talking about probably next week. I am at a Martin McDonald um, workshop, seminar, full day thing. Um, mm. I, I'll be there with uh, Mr. Josh Silverman, one of our guests. Um, so, yeah, we'll be... We'll be listening to Martin for a little bit. So, I'm sure... I'll, I'll try and appear on his Instagram stories at some time. I did actually message him and say uh he can come back on the podcast at some point and he was like yes let's do it um but yeah we i haven't followed up on the offer that he sent back yes let's do it so <laughs> i should really get on that to bring it back on but we'll see yeah um but i will yeah report back of what he was chatting about with his mnu crew so we've got a day of him um that's gonna be quite a long day taking a whole day of mine is tough so that'd be fine <laughs> be um, but yeah and if I can last that long alright mate um, we will catch you all next week catch you later guys <laughs>